The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. A man uncovers a fiendish conspiracy that happens every Halloween. And then we travel to the household of a single mother and her 17-year-old son. On the outside, this seems like a normal family. But little does anyone know that this mother harbors a dark and terrifying desire. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I'm so tired. I don't know how it's daylight savings time. I gained an hour of sleep. I'm barely awake. I'm literally sitting in front of this microphone. I'm barely awake. Hopefully I'm able to make it through this episode. Otherwise you'll just hear a man snoring. But someone who never hears me snore because they're so exciting to be around. Walking into Dead Rabbit Command right now is a huge supporter of Dead Rabbit Radio. Everyone give it up for Doomykins. Woohoo, yeah! Walk on in to Dead Rabbit Command Doomykins. Giving you a big round of applause. Really, really appreciate it. All of your support. Doomykins listens to the podcast so much out loud in her house that her mother now recognizes the sound of my voice. And when she's listening to the podcast, the mom goes, Is that Jason? And that's one way to get that's one way to get the word out about the podcast. <laughs> Listen to it constantly at top volume. So Doomykins, that's why you're gonna be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally get it, I do. But like Doomykins, just spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That really, really, really helps out so, so much. Doomykins, I'm gonna go ahead and toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit Dune buggy, but don't take off just yet. We got a couple of announcements. First off. This is the end of season 19. This week is the last week of new episodes until December 1st. And Thanksgiving live stream on November 24th at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Join me on the YouTube channel for another Dead Rabbit Radio Thanksgiving live stream. This is the reason why I stopped posting on YouTube because they were getting ready to shut down my account. They've been harassing me for months behind the scenes. I said no more episodes on YouTube because I want to keep it up for our live stream. So, 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, November 24th. Please turn out for our Thanksgiving live stream. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. They always are. If you're not there for the live stream, it will be available on YouTube, and I will also upload the audio to the podcast channel. A lot of stuff going on, a lot of announcements. I can tell Doomykins is ready to hop in that Dead Rabbit Dune buggy, so let's get in it with her. We're leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. Take us all the way out to a street, any street, on Halloween night. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> Running over kids and stuff. Get out of the way, kids. Running over all the kids in the costumes. Now they're real ghosts. It was Halloween a couple weeks ago, or a week ago. I've lost track of time. And, of course, I'm walking around. I'm getting some Halloween candy. I'm walk. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just walking by. Because, see, here in Hood River, 
We have the thing where it's just pretty much Halloween's downtown and you go from business to business and get candy. Now, you have the choice of going through neighborhoods and things like that, and sometimes people do that. But for the most part, they just shut down the city. It's such a small town. You get food here. You get candy here. So I'm walking around in my Eeyore onesie, and I'm, like, grabbing little Snickers. Nom, 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 eating them up. Eh, that's decent, right? What else was I eating? Because this is actually important. This isn't me. This isn't a segue. I had Snicker bars, little tiny, little tiny ones. I had Almond Joys, a little tiny Almond Joy. And then there was, like, some Kit Kats. There was, like, single bar Kit Kats. And I remember I took a Kit Kat out of a bucket, and I'm eating it. And it tasted like berries. I'm not a big berry fan. And it's something that I want on my tombstone. He's a great guy, but hated berries. I'm eating it, and I go, this tastes like berries. which Because I associate the taste of berries with spoiled milk. I don't eat berries normally. So I, <laughs> I associate it with spoiled milk or pink berry yogurt, which tastes like spoiled milk. Remember, I ate this Kit Kat, and I go, oh, that's kind of gross, dude. It tasted like it had a berry flavor to it. So anyways, I, <laughs> I eat another Kit Kat. I eat another Kit Kat because I, I, I figured that must, I must have just eaten some spoiled chocolate. You know what will cure that? <laughs> some more Kit Kat. So I had this other Kit Oh, I was eating a couple Snicker bars. I had to, you know, change the palate, cleanse the palate, eat a couple Snicker bars. And then I came across this other little Kit Kat bar and eat it. Tasted like berries. Now, at this point, I already had like a little baggie full of candy. You're like, Jason, did you actually go trick or treat? <laughs> you're telling me you're dressed up, you're stopping, you have a bag of candy, I have a little bucket, little bucket with a jack o' lantern face on it. At this point, when I reach in and I grab the third Kit Kat bar, I'm actually looking at the label. I'm trying to see if it's some stupid berry flavor Kit Kat. Some gross new, like, flavor. You know, they do that with cereal. Captain Crunch wasn't good enough. So they what did they put? They put in Crunch Berries, right? I don't even eat that stuff. Gross. Berries. I don't think, did they put, is this like a berry flavored Kit Kat? Why would you do that? What, what type of madman would think this would be a good flavor? And I'm looking at the Kit Kat. I'm walking down a dark street. I'm looking at the Kit Kat, and I'm trying to read the label, and it do, it seems to be a, a regular Kit Kat. I can't actually read the label, but it wasn't like a special color. There wasn't a picture of a big berry on it. So I go, okay, maybe it must have just been those two little Kit Kat bars that tasted like berry. So I'm going to eat this one, eat this one, the third one. Now that is the ticket. This one must taste delicious. I opened it up. I ate it. Tasted like berries. Now listen, Kit Kat's not my go-to candy. I mean, like, I will get it from time to time. I'm not a big candy person to begin with. I will eat Kit Kats from time to time. My, I, my go-tos are, whatchamacallit's, Snicker bars, and then like a Hershey bar with almonds, like the chocolate bar with almonds. I'd say Kit Kat's maybe in my top five that I'll buy, but I, I eat it more than... Say an Almond Joy or something like that. Trust me, this has a point. You're like, oh my god, Jason. What is what, what is this rambling? This actually is very important. It's very important to the conspiracy we're about to talk about. I know what a Kit Kat bar tastes like. I know exactly what a Kit Kat bar tastes like. It's in my top five candy bars. It doesn't taste like berries. And I remember, 
I remember that night, that night as I was sitting at home, I ate a lot of chocolate. I'm, like, I'm an adult man eating too much chocolate on Halloween. I remember in the back of my mind, I'm rolling in bed, I'm all tossing and turning in bed. I just picture this giant berry floating towards me. I'm like, no, Kit Kat, why did you betray me? I let, let me be clear, I wasn't pondering this all night. It wasn't the only thing I thought of, but I was in the back of my mind. I kept thinking, why does this Kit Kat taste like berries? And then I came across this post online. It was written by a guy who goes by the name Marcavelli, 98. Marcavelli, 98, has a conspiracy theory about this. A kindred spirit, I see. Marcavelli, you definitely, me and you are two Kit Kats in the same package. He believes that Halloween candy is lower quality than the full-size version. He says that specifically the Halloween candy is made of cheaper ingredients and... It is where they test new recipes. Basically, what he labels as big candy, the big candy industry, is trying to constantly find the cheapest candy they can make that people will still buy and still eat. So they'll be reformulating their recipes. And then when Halloween comes, when they know people aren't really buying candy for themselves, they're buying them in the huge bags... That's when they'll say, let's use, for the Kit Kat bars, let's use recipe X95. And they'll mass produce these little tiny Kit Kat bars that are just going to go out to baby mouths, right? They're just going to, kids are going to eat them. They don't really care about the flavor and stuff like that. And adults are going to eat them every now and then. And if they realize, if they start to see people going, hey, why does this Kit Kat taste like a berry? Why is this Kit Kat flavor gross? They'll realize that's not the right recipe. They've gone too far. It's too much of an affront to God. We're not going to release that one. But if they're able to make, say, a Nestle Crunch Bar, and this is the time they go, ladies and gentlemen, we've done it. We've now been able to make a Nestle Crunch Bar for less than five cents a bar using this mixture of ingredients. Now we have to see, will people eat it? Will people eat this inedible piece of chocolate cardboard? So they make them fun size and they ship them out. And if the public who's eating these mini-sized crunch bars don't complain, then eventually the full-size crunch bars will use that same recipe. It's a fascinating conspiracy theory. <laughs> Jason, that's anything but fascinating. <laughs> you're just talking about you're talking about gross chocolate. It might not even be true. I do think it's fascinating. I do think it's fascinating because I witnessed it firsthand. I thought my Kit Kat bars were bad. I thought they tasted like berries because I was eating rotten chocolate. And that's why I continue to eat them. I continue to eat them. I go, one of these has to be good. But they all tasted like berries. And I am wondering, I saw this conspiracy theory afterwards. And I go, this would make sense. And we can actually prove this. If, say, in the next six months to a year, you ate a Kit Kat bar and it tasted like berries, then we would know that Mark, we would know that Marcavelli 98 was telling the truth. And this does make sense. You could see them trying to get the cheapest candy bar possible. But remember Coke came out with new Coke? I remember that. I was alive during that whole debacle. And 
people hated it and people talked about how much they hated it and how different it was and all that stuff. So then Coke had to bring back Coca-Cola Classic and that cost them millions of dollars. That mistake got people fired. It cost them millions of dollars in marketing and million dollars in sale, all sorts of stuff. And there's been a conspiracy theory about that too. What they really did was start making Coca-Cola Classic with the original formula, but today... The Coca-Cola Classic you drink today is actually new Coke. Over time, they just changed the formula and didn't tell anybody. And they did it much in much smaller increments. So the Coca-Cola you drink today is not the true Coca-Cola Classic that I drank as a kid. And that would be the same thing here. They're, they would test it instead of just saying, hey, we're going to release a new Kit Kat bar. And the recipe doesn't work. It tastes like berries. It's super gross. People would rebel and it would be this huge thing. Like, remember when they changed the Kit Kat bar and there'd be all these internet protests and stuff like that? But if you did it slowly, if you're slowly changing it, and if you tested it over Halloween and you just got a couple complaints, use the cheaper recipe for the rest of the year in the full size. And then next Halloween, they'll try to make it a little bit cheaper. This is a conspiracy theory. Does it have any bearing on, like, how we live? No. But this is a type of conspiracy theory that I think we interact with much more often. It's just companies looking to cut the bottom line. It's just people trying to save a buck. Another thing about it, maybe it's not even a conspiracy theory. I mean, in a sense it is. Because somebody's trying to pull the wool over our eyes. But, I mean, does it have much gravitas as 9-11 was an inside job or the moon is fake or anything like that? No. But this is one that it's going to affect your daily life. <laughs> like, Jason, I don't eat Kit Kats every day. Yeah, I know, but... Okay, maybe it's not... <laughs> I talked about it for like 12 minutes like it was the most serious thing, but I do, I do think this is really happening. What's interesting was when Marcavelli posted this, couple people replied to it. One guy said he worked for the production in Hershey's at a Hershey's factory. Sounds like Big Chocolate's gotten their people out already. Um, he worked for production in Hershey's, and he says, no, the, can the miniature candies that we sell are actually the regular recipe. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> also, where do you live? Where do you live? We want to send some people to go pay you a visit. Someone else hopped on and said they worked for, they used to work for their production company, Ferrero? Ferrero? They're the makers of those really disgusting ball chocolates covered in nuts. It's like the kind of candy you give someone. It's like all fancy and wrapped in gold. But it's like, haha, look at it. It looks pretty, but it really tastes like dirt. He worked for them, and apparently they bought up other candy brands. Actually, edible candies like Babe Ruth Crunch Bars and Butterfingers. And he says, listen, you're half right. It was really interesting. They go, yes. The the quality of the chocolates have gone down over time. That's true. Because they're trying to save a buck. He goes, the reason why the min miniature candies taste different than, they, than the large-sized candy... And this is what I love about conspiracy theories, right? When we get these inside guys. Forget the big candy guy from Hershey's trying to tell us lies. Not that... This dude, this guy works for another production company. Let's trust him. He says what happens is as the bars get smaller, the cheap chocolate is easier to taste. Because all the other ingredients get smaller too. The nougat or the wafers, like in a Kit Kat, you know, the wafers and stuff like that. He goes, so as it gets smaller, the cheapness 
you're tasting more of the cheap chocolate than you would on a regular Kit Kat. So that is a, a rational explanation for why Kit Kats were disgusting this Halloween. But who knows? <laughs> who knows whether or not these anonymous people online have stumbled upon something that uh, has no effect in any way, shape, or form on how we live our lives. But... I love it. It's an interesting conspiracy theory. I tasted this one firsthand. Hopefully it's not true. I would hate to live in a world where generations that come after us go, hey, mom, can I get some candy? And the mom's like, yeah, what do you want? And the kid goes, anything but Kit Kats. Because those taste like berries. <laughs> That's a world that I don't want to live in. I don't care what else happens. I don't care what type of dystopian hellscape is coming. As long as the Kit Kats don't taste like disgusting berries. Doomykins, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Carboner Copter. We are leaving behind this Halloween street. The Carboner Copter is overburdened with all this chocolate, but um, <laughs> it'll get lighter because we're eating it the rest of the trip. We're leaving behind this Halloween street. Take us all the way out to a suburban neighborhood. <laughs> Doomykins, who also goes by probably one of the best Twitter handles I've seen in a long time, Section 8 Sasquatch. How is that not a movie? How is your Twitter name not a movie? Doomykins, go ahead and land this carpenter copter outside of this suburban house. And we're standing outside the house looking in, peering through their window like a bunch of freaks. Now, that actually, if that, if that was true, if somehow we were teleported outside this house and we were staring in the window like some peeping toms, that would be the least disturbing part of this story. And in this house, we see a woman. She didn't post her name, but we're going to go ahead and call her Veronica. We're looking at her. She's a 34-year-old single mother. Totally normal looking. Totally normal looking. <laughs> Jason, why'd you say that twice? Is there something I should be concerned about with this woman? Normally, people only get described as totally normal looking if they harbor some sort of dark secret. And then bounding into the house is her 17-year-old son. We don't have his name either. We're going to call him Bobby. Bobby walks into the house and is like, Hey, Ma, I just had a great day at school. So much fun. And Veronica, all of a sudden, like she seems to snap out of a deep thought she's having. She turns around. She's like, Bobby, so good to see you. She walks over and she gives Bobby a big hug. And then... It happens very quickly. I don't even know if Bobby noticed it. I, I don't know how you wouldn't notice it. But just for sake of argument, Bobby doesn't notice it. We're staring right at this loving interaction between a mother and a son. And we see Veronica. She's hugging her son. She leans in really close. And she goes... <sighs> takes a big whiff of Tommy's neck. And then, and then she turns to the camera and goes, all I've ever wanted to do was eat my son. Now, this is the story of an anonymous woman who posted back in 2013 how every single day, sorry, let me correct myself, almost every single day, all she can think about is eating her son. She said cooked or raw doesn't matter. 
Almost every day I fantasize about eating my own child. Now, she wants to clear up some misconceptions we might have about this incredibly disgusting desire, right? Imagine if one of your friends told you that. They said, hey, man, glad we could get some coffee together. It's been a long time since we've hung out. I want to eat my kids. I want to eat my kids. I want to look straight in your eyes and tell you that I'm joking. I want to eat my kids. You'd obviously have some questions. So she wants to get these questions out of the way. First off, she says, listen, I'm not a pervert. I would wait until he was 18 years old. If I was going to eat my son, it has to be consensual. And people under 18 can't consent. So after he turns 18, I want to eat him. Like I mean, She wants to eat him. This is so weird. She wants to eat him now. But I imagine to kind of, in her own world, not be a... a what, like a cannibal offender? Like a cannibal sex offender? I don't even know if there's like a watch list for these people. There should be. <laughs> of all the people who should be on a watch list, it should be moms who want to eat their children. Now, actually, I should back up because it's so funny. I used to have a friend named Annie that I hung out with all the time. And she constantly talked about eating babies. She 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 wasn't a politician. She wasn't a politician. I wasn't friends with Hillary Clinton. She would constantly talk about eating babies all the time. Whenever a baby, this is when I worked for Gateway Computers. Whenever a baby came into this, this is this is so true. Whenever a baby came into the store, she would go. Oh, she would like make these noises, and I laughed because I'm a super villain at heart. I thought it was hilarious. And she goes, babies look like dinner rolls to me. The way that their little chubby legs and their little chubby arms. She goes, it looks like those dinner rolls, like those Hawaiian rolls you buy at Thanksgiving time. I just want to eat them up. I just want to eat babies all the time. Now, she never ate a baby. She never ate a baby as far as I know. As far as I know, she never ate a baby. But she would talk about eating babies all the time. And what I found out, Sabine was telling me this not too long ago. She said, there is a desire to eat babies. Mothers want to eat their own baby. Well, okay, let me back up. She didn't say, she didn't specifically use the word eat. She says mothers actually put their baby's feet in their mouth. Not right when they're born. Not right when they're, born they're all covered in ambiotic fluid and it's like, num, 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 sucking it off like jelly. Mothers want to suck on their baby's feet and hands. And the reason why is you want to get their... I, I was barely paying attention to what she was saying as she explained it, but you suck on a baby's foot and then you get the baby's bacteria into you and then it comes out of your breast or something like that. I probably should have paid more attention since I want to talk about it now. People are like, oh, great. Not only does Jason know nothing about science, none of his friends do either. She can she explain it more thoroughly, but you suck on a baby's foot, and then it goes into your breast milk, and then when the baby's drinking the breast milk, it has more immunities built into it. I And again, it's not like you, you let your baby walk, up, walk through a cat litter box. You're like, no, you'll be immune to cats. Nom, nom, nom. It's clean babies. It's like, I think you wash them off, right? I don't think you're just letting them <laughs> play on the mud and you're like, mm-mm-mm, eating them. Anyways, she could explain it better, but she doesn't have a podcast. So, so this is all you got. Moms want to suck on their baby's feet. And I had a friend who loved 
who thought didn't love, she never ate a baby, but she wanted to eat babies. And I don't think she even wanted to devour them. She just wanted to like suck on their little baby legs because they look like Hawaiian rolls. Well, that isn't what we're talking about here with Veronica. It's the one, the kid's 17 turning 18. This story, she posted this on November 19th, 2013. His birthday's in February, so it's not like this is a newborn baby and she's posting how much she wants to eat her baby, which again would be quite alarming as well if it's out of context. And even in context, it's pretty crazy. But she wants to eat her son, but it, for her, it's important that he can consent to being devoured. She's not a pervert, right? She hasn't been grooming her son this whole time. She hasn't been like, <laughs> it's bath time and she pulls out a gravy ladle. You know, you could easily groom a kid into wanting to be eaten constantly. Before every Halloween, he's a roasted pig with an apple in his mouth. He's like, Mom, I'm the same costume every year. She's like, I know, but you look so delicious. I mean, so spooky. But that's not what she did. Her son has no idea that his mom wants to eat him. Which, it's creepier, right? Like, if your mom was constantly making jokes about eating you and was always dressing you up as edible things, dressing you up as a carrot, and you would kind of get it. You'd kind of be like, this is super weird. Like, every night when I go to bed, I sleep in a giant, I sleep in a giant pot full of warm broth. It's kind of weird. I think my mom wants to eat me. And this revelation kind of dawns on you over the course of years, right? She kept going over you had a sleepover. She kept going to the potluck. You're like, I think my mom wants to eat me. That would be disturbing enough. But not knowing would be creepy as well. If your mom was fantasizing about eating you, and that's the word she uses. Because when she says she fantasizes about eating her son, she says it is the single most intense and arousing fantasy she's ever had. She thinks about eating her son while having sex with other men. I don't know how the mechanics of that work. I guess she would have to completely leave her body, but while she's having sex with men, she will fantasize about eating her adult son. And that's what gets her off. She says she even does it when she's masturbating. When she's masturbating, she imagines herself eating her son. And she gets into some specifics here. And you're like, Jason, please don't. Please don't. This came out of left field. The first one you were talking about, berry-flavored Kit Kats. And then all of a sudden, it went to zero to 60 real quick. She wrote this online. She wrote, quote, The thought of my teeth piercing his flesh or the smell of him roasting over an open flame or imagining the look in his eyes as I bite into one of his thighs. <laughs> That's a Dr. Seuss rhyme you never thought you'd hear. These things absolutely drive me wild. And what's interesting about that, other than the fact <laughs> mom wrote this about her son is that you can tell these are reoccurring fantasies over a long period of time because they're all different like if you just thought occasionally like you know what I'm really sick and tired of my son I just want to beat his head in with a baseball bat 
that's alarming, obviously, if someone said that to you. But you'd probably be like, oh, you don't really think that. And he's like, yeah, I, I, really, don't, I really don't think about that. As he's looking over at his baseball bat. He's like, or do I? When someone can give you multiple examples right off the bat, that's because they've been thinking about it for so long. Eating him was, if they just said, I fantasize about eating him all the time, that's so vague. But they're able to say, Veronica's able to say, or just like the smell of him roasting. You got him on a spit. What do they call that? A spit? They're cooking them over a fire. And then, so that one he'd be dead or being cooked alive, right? That's, that is a fantasy that we see pop up in some really hardcore BDSM culture is cooking somebody alive. You have them on the spit and you can put the rod through a human without killing them and you can slowly cook them. So that is, is a fantasy we see in that community. It's a subset, a subset. If you're like getting whipped by a woman, that's one thing. If she ever brings out a seven foot long metal rod, <laughs> you might want to run. You might want to run or you're going to get cooked alive. And then the idea, the the other one is while he's still alive and her biting into him. Like she, these are all separate fantasies. She's thought about this so much. It plays out different ways in her head. And she he, she tells us, she keeps going back and forth. She goes, listen, I know you think I'm sick, but I would wait till he was 18. I'm not a pervert. <laughs> That's not the reason why we think you're sick. It doesn't matter what age he is. And then when she talks about, I just want to eat him, she goes, I, I also want you to be very, very aware of the fact that don't worry about him. It's not like he's going to be sleeping one night and I'm going to run into his bedroom with a knife and start stabbing him and eating him. That doesn't work. I'm not going to do that. That's actually not her fantasy. She doesn't want to jump out of the darkness and stab him to death. She wants him to want her to eat him. She said, listen, what I want to happen is my son to come up to me and say, quote, she actually has a quote of what she, how she would like this dialogue to happen. Quote, Mom, I know this sounds weird, but... I want to be your next meal. Would you please cook and eat me? She said, if my son ever says that, I absolutely would. No, I wouldn't even give him. He's all sleepwalking. He's having a nightmare. She's like, oh, that counts. No takebacks. And what's so weird is that no boy would ever say that to a mom. But actually, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. There's enough weirdos out there. But a boy might say that to his mom. But what are the chances of the boy who has a desire to be eaten also has a mom who wants to eat her son? Somewhere out there, there is probably a boy who would love to get eaten by his mom, but it's not her son. They're soulmates on opposite sides of the planet, thankfully. Right? Hopefully these two people never meet. But she wants her son to come up and say, will you eat me? But that's never going to happen with this guy i'm assuming right now this happened back in 2013 we'll get to how this all plays out in the end but out of all the things i could think of to possibly say to another human that would be so far down on the list it's statistically not even on there i would would you please eat me but that's what she's hoping see but of course that's not going to happen and she knows that's not going to happen she hopes for it so what do you do when you have a fetish? I always feel bad for people who have like these super disturbing fetishes because there's no way they're ever really going to get fulfilled. I mean, you can eat somebody, but she doesn't want to just eat somebody. She wants to eat her son. 
There was that big thing on the internet. This is probably like 12 years ago. It was a blind man who liked hearing teenage boys poop. You're like, how do you even develop a fetish like that? Like, how does that... Where was that chain of events happening? People were trolling him by throwing... Him audio clips of stuff falling into a toilet. And because he was blind, you figure out he couldn't tell. But he could. He had heard teenage boys poop because he would, I think, pay for these videos. He had heard teenage boys poop in a toilet for so long. <laughs> that was his daredevil power. He could totally sense it. That he could tell that, oh, no, you just threw, like, threw a Hot Wheel in the toilet. I want poop. Send me the poop. Well, not me. Just send me the audio clip of the poop. And I was like, man, that would suck to have such a specific fetish and not be able to, like, do anything about it. To have such a disturbing fetish that places you so far outside the mainstream. There's not even a support group for that. She wants to eat her son. Now, she wants him to come up to her and say she wants it to be consensual. But, of course, it's not going to happen. So what do you do? You can, A, <laughs> not fantasize it about anymore. Stop feeding that wolf. Get over that. Think about something else. Or. Now she says. Listen my son obviously doesn't know that I fantasize about eating him. How could you? How could you possibly think that this was even a real thing? You're living in this household. You would never ever think that. She says quote. My son doesn't know that I fantasize about eating him. He doesn't know that my mouth literally waters. When I look at photos of him at the beach, he's all putting on suntan lotion. It's barbecue sauce. He's he's like, Mom, I don't know. I see whenever you put the sauce on me, I actually get feel like I'm getting cooked. I don't think this is a really good sunscreen. She's she's basting him. She's <laughs> he doesn't know that my mouth literally waters when I look at photos of him at the beach or see him by the pool. You know, just even that alone, right? Could you <laughs> looking at a photo book with your mom, and every so often she turns the page, she's like, uh, <laughs> she's drooling, and you're like, uh, you having a seizure? No, 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 I'm fine, I'm fine. Now, <laughs> let's look at that time you went to Waterworld. Why did you take 500 pictures of me at that water park, Mom? Quote, he doesn't know how turned on he makes me. This is a mother talking about her teenage son. She can say, well, I'm going to wait till he's 18, but... Quote, he doesn't know how turned on he makes me when we... This this is the part where I go, this almost sounds like a troll. This sounds like a joke at this point. But who knows? It's very specific to be a joke. This person has never posted again. It was an anonymous post, deleted account. Quote, he doesn't know how turned on he makes me when we watch The Walking Dead together. And he rests his head on my belly. Now, this is, the, this is the line that people were calling it out, being like, this is troll, this is a troll, this is made up. Not because they're watching The Walking Dead. <laughs> Nobody watches The Walking Dead anymore. Well, this was back in 2013, so this was like season three. This is like peak Walking Dead, but... It wasn't that they were watching The Walking Dead together, which for a cannibal must be like softcore Cinemax porn. It was the fact that they're like, no self-respecting boy or man 
would rest his head on his mother's belly. That's just not... That's made up. That's fake. And that's not true. I'm not saying that I've done it as a teenager or an adult, but it this is where any sort of grooming action would take place, right? This type of stuff would be normalized in the house, that when he was a little boy, he mom would be like... Put your head on my belly. This is where you're going to be someday. This is where you're going to be someday. What'd you say, Mom? Oh, nothing. This is this is where grooming takes place. This is the reason why you have families where kids are being given baths until they're 12. And I'm not saying it's necessarily like sexual grooming at that point. It could be a power play. I knew a girl in middle school who her mom made her brush her hair. Not the girl's hair. The girl, the mother made her daughter brush her hair. This still sounds grammatically wrong. The mother would make the daughter brush the mother's hair every single night. And the mother had this long hair. And I, and I was always more mature than everyone else in my class. And I remember I was like in 7th or 8th grade. I was at St. Philip Neri Middle School. <laughs> They're going to love to be associated with this. Actually, it was like, I think it was K through 8th. I think it was all, all stuff. It's a private Catholic school. And I remember I was there... And I was with the teacher and I was with this girl and she said, yeah, my mom makes me brush her hair every single night. And she gets mad when I don't and she'll yell at me. And then once I start brushing her hair, it calms her down. And I remember I was also in like seventh or eighth grade and I looked at the teacher and the teacher looked at me and we both, it was unspoken. We didn't say it out loud, but we both know that was super unusual. That was, that may have been something sexual for the mother or that may have been a power play. And we didn't say anything. We didn't tell the daughter that her mom was a big weirdo. But I remember when the girl said that so matter-of-factually, me and the teacher both kind of looked at each other and we gave a, a look like we knew that that was there. Something wasn't right there. It was very, very interesting. Like I was that. Yeah, you're listening to this podcast as you're combing your mom's hair. You're like, uh, mom. Um, <laughs> Why am I still combing your hair? I'm in my 20s right now. Why am I still combing your hair? This is where the grooming would take place, where it would be totally normal for this guy to lay his head on her belly. They would have normalized that in the household. So that's kind of my pushback. Like, obviously, this could totally be fake. Which, again, would be disturbing, because if it was fake, it's also someone's fake fantasy. But that would be less disturbing than than the mother actually typing this out being her fantasy. So, you know, getting to this, what do you do when you're locked in this fantasy world? You really want to do it, but you want it to be consensual. We already see now here that she has been grooming him in a way. I mean, there's nothing wrong with laying your head on your mom's belly, right? (laughs) Again, it's up to you. It's up to you. If your mom's demanding it, then that's a little creepy. But there probably is some grooming that's been going on because this fantasy is so intense. I'm sure she had, even though she seems to think... That she hasn't encouraged this at all. That her son doesn't know. He may have picked up these little signs. But she says, listen, I want to tell him about my fantasy. I want to tell him about my fantasy. But if I do, I'm afraid it will be weird. I'm afraid it will totally freak him out. I'm afraid he'll be afraid of me. Which is totally rational, right? You would be afraid of anyone who said, I've been thinking about eating you for the past 17 years. Think about it all the time. I think about it when I'm having sex with other men. And she, see, here's the thing. Be, not just because it's the cannibal 
thing, but it's also this sexual fetish of hers. She does not want to ruin the relationship she has with her son. Now, again, there are people who have all sorts of bizarre fantasies and all sorts of crazy fetishes and things like that. And they may be married and have kids and have this life, but they also have this really dark desire they want to take part in. And they're going, I'm going to leave that in the world of fantasy because I don't want to lose everything I've had. That's quite common. Now, the, the how dark the fantasy is can vary, right? It can be, I want to just go out and sleep with whoever I want. But I'm not going to do that because I've made a commitment to this marriage and to these kids. So I'm going to not do that. I'll fantasize about it, but I'll not do that. Two, I want to go out and murder young girls. I have this dark desire. I want to be a serial killer. But <laughs> I have young girls of my own. I'll just keep that in the closet and not do that. You have all sorts of horrible fantasies. You run the gamut. And most people, I think, go, I, that's just a fantasy. I'm not going to do that. She's been successful in doing that so far. But she says... First, I want to tell him. Second, he'll be afraid if I tell him. And then she says, I absolutely will not tell him about this fantasy until he's at least 18 years old. Which is just a couple months away. Once he turns 18, or he asks about it, I'm not going to mention this. So that clock is ticking. When she posted this in November of 2013, it's just a couple months away. He'll turn 18 and then she won't feel for whatever. That's the weirdest. It's all weird. I can't say it's the weirdest component, but it's so bizarre. Where that's her big hang up. She's like, I want it. I don't I want it to be consensual. And you can't consent until you're over the age of 18. I want him to consent to being eaten. But I want him to be. It's so weird. I mean, like what he's consenting to is so bizarre. It's. When you're that lost in the fantasy, it's just a, a weird hang-up, I guess. She goes, here's the thing. I want him to go away to college. And I want him to have his own life experiences. Which is good. You know, she's thinking about that. She's thinking about him <laughs> not being eaten. But... To finish what she was saying, she goes, I want him to go to college. I want him to have his own life experiences. Quote, before I introduce any sexual elements into our relationship. So that is where she really plays her hand. She is going, this is so disturbing. She will let him go off to college. She will groom him. She will manipulate him. Because once he turns 18, the floodgates are open. She is going to, once he turns 18, begin to sexually manipulate him. Have a sexual relationship with her son. And then slowly introduce the fantasy of eating him. That's her goal. It's a very interesting post because she kind of goes on and on and she uses all these wiggle words like, oh, you know, I want it for him to consent. Don't worry about that. But at the very end, she mentions introducing sexual elements. So she and that's how it would work. That's 100 percent how it would work. If she walks up and says, I want to eat you. She'll never see him again. She'll never see him again. He'll run. But she will. Seduce her son. That's step one. 
And who knows what groundwork she's laid for that. A groomer won't admit to grooming, right? No, 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 I never set this up. Like, we were just friends that whole time. It changed later on, would be the argument. But who knows what she's done over the years. She's like, let's watch Back to the Future again. Again, Mom. Yeah, 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 let's watch it. And we're, we're always going to watch those scenes with Marty McFly and his hot mom. She's laid the groundwork for that. She's going to sexually seduce her son. And then as they engage in this relationship, she's going to start introducing stuff like, hey, um, <laughs> do you want to use some toys? And she brings out like a, like a spatula. She's like spanking him with a spatula that she's flipping him over. <laughs> she turns her bedroom into a giant kitchen. He's like, you know, Mom, it's... <laughs> It's been fun having sex with you and all, but do we have to do it in a giant cast iron skillet? Like, she's slowly going to introduce the fantasy of the sex, or the fantasy of the cannibalism. So her end goal, that is what she wants to do. She does want to eat her son, which we knew in the beginning, but even though she tried telling us it was just a fantasy, it's just a fantasy, after he turns 18, she will seduce him. She will physically, sexually seduce him. And a mother's bond is hard to break. Like, if some dudes get so into the mama's boy routine that no matter what girl they date, the mom's like, she's not good enough, she's not good enough, stuff like that. And you're just digging the hooks in the mom's... Now, I'm not saying that every mama's boy is getting seduced by their mother. I'm not saying every mother that disagrees with her son's relationship choices is trying to bang them. But this woman is, this Veronica woman is... She wants to eat her son, and she knows that she can't jump right to that, so she's going to sexually seduce her son, and then over time introduce these elements. Now, she may never fully devour her son. It may be some sex game they play, which I mean, is also equally disturbing. You're like, Jason, that's not any better. <laughs> Whether or not this guy got eaten, he's he's been groomed by his mother. He's banging his mom. He's banging his mom. I feel bad for this guy. He's stuck in this horrible situation. Whether or not he's actually devoured in the end is irrelevant. He's been trapped into his mother's fantasy. He's trapped. Now, there's a chance that, again, we don't know how this story ends. We know what her goal is, to sexually seduce her son and, at the very least, role-play eating him. But her main goal is to eat him. Which is terrifying. To be raised by a mom who wants to eat you and all of the little things you could do throughout someone's life and them not notice it. Laying the groundwork for you wanting to eat them. And then waiting until they're 18 to sexually seduce them. And then over time, like, I mean, that'd be weird enough, right? You're in a sexual relationship with your mom. You're already, that's already kind of messing with your head. <laughs> Just when you thought things going to get worse. Just when you thought things going to get worse. She's, she's trying to devour you. She wants to eat you. She wants to cook you alive or eat you raw. Just when you thought your life going to get any more disturbing. One day your mom walks in wearing a big chef's hat. And all of a sudden you're reenacting that scene from The Little Mermaid. And you're you're the crab terrifying story it's a horrifying look at how a dark desire can drive a person mad like this woman's insane 
This woman has been laying the groundwork for years over some twisted fantasy she has. And she has all the power in the world to make it come true. (laughs) So, So as you're getting ready for Thanksgiving this year, when your mom invites you over, you make the long drive out there. <laughs> okay, I was going to go on this really long. You're like, Jason, listen. I shut the podcast off. I shut the podcast off. When you mentioned my mom calling me, because I knew exactly where you were going, you're going to spend the next five minutes telling me that my mom wanted to bang me and then eat me. Okay, I won't go there. I won't go there. Just here's the story. So this Thanksgiving, when you do meet with your family or get together with your friends, however you celebrate Thanksgiving, when people ask, hey, what have you been up to? You you tell them you've been listening to a podcast called Dead Rabbit Radio, and they go, oh, what's it about? Tell them this, tell them this story I just told you. Go, you know that there's a woman, dot, dot, dot. Trust me, you will be the life of the party. And then your mom's in the kitchen. Your mom's in the kitchen looking at photos of you and her mouth is watering. <laughs> she looks at the camera and her eyes turn yellow. <laughs> DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.